Thank you and good morning. I'd like to begin with a question, what is real? What is real? And uh, we can't see angels. You might say they're real, but, but where are they? Now hit me. Am I, I'm real. Yes, yes, good, I felt that. So I'm real, you know, this chair, it's real, the piano. Um, we're very obviously physical people. I mean, our senses tell us what is real. What I, what I see and hear, what I touch and smell, this is real. Here are some examples uh, on the screen here on, on what is real. I can't see uh, caffeine, but, but it is real because I, I feel it, not too much. You know, but I, I feel that, the coffee. Um, hugs. You know, your little kid falls down and he needs, he needs that hug and that's that comfort. That's real. Well, food. Are you hungry right now? I, I hope to make you a little uncomfortable. Let's talk about food. You know, hunger is real. Food and, and taste. Oh, that is, that is real. I took that picture on the bottom left at the park. And uh, trees are real. I just had to throw that in. Uh, roller coasters. Um, I'm not as much of a fan anymore, but when I was, when I was younger, just th- feeling the G-forces, you know, on some big roller coaster and the spin and the speed and, oh, that was exciting. That was real. Oh, I felt it. Uh, and then we have Chocolate. Now, I like chocolate, but for some of you out there, and this tends, I mean, this is a generalization, but for the, for the ladies out there, there seems to be something more about the reality of chocolate. I, I don't know. It's a mystery to me, but yes, we have chocolate. So these things are very real to us. God is real. However... It's not like this, really. Sometimes for us, even though we don't see God, sometimes God is very real to us. There's just inside us an internal knowing, a sense. God is real. Perhaps there's been a time in your life where there has been an answer to prayer that is beyond explanation, and all you can say is, thank you, God. God is real. Perhaps you've been in a a church service, at a camp, at a retreat, some some situation, perhaps it's by yourself at home and you're praying, and then all of a sudden you sense God's presence in a special way that you typically don't sense God's presence and God is real. That being said, because we are so physical, there are times where it's difficult. There's times where we can struggle with faith. We have more questions than answers. Quite frankly, we can doubt. We're weak as humans and we are so physical and and there are times where we think, where, where are you, God? Now, fortunately, 
God helps us in our weakness. Now, in the Old Testament, how did God help his people in their weakness? Well, there are times that we read in the Old Testament where, where God worked in an amazing, powerful, obvious way. I mean, Moses saw a burning bush. He had a staff that he dropped, and it turned into a snake. He said, a plague will happen in Egypt, and it happened. They left Egypt. The Red Sea parted. There was a provision of quail and water and manna in the desert. And even all, with all of these obvious things, for many of them, faith still was, was a tough thing. They looked up and they saw a pillar of fire. Wow, wouldn't you like to have that sign sometime for you? And Oh, yes. Now, when we read in the Bible these mighty acts of God, we think, well, it would be easy to believe in God back then. Well, think about this. Biblical history spans thousands of years. For most of the time, it was not the mighty acts of God. God just intervened on certain occasions that providentially he entered in and did these things. But what were the people called to do? They were called to remember, remember, remember the obvious things that God did in the past. And uh, sometimes they remembered with a meal that they could taste. For instance, the Passover meal. What was the Passover meal? It was a meal that you ate and the different things that you ate and tasted, you drank and, and participated in this meal. This was to cause you to remember the mighty acts of God, that God is real, He is working in this world, He is a God that creates and a God that saves. God also uh, helped people in their weakness with, with rocks. <laughs> so uh, here's, a, here's a passage in Joshua uh, chapter 4. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. So the people of Israel are on the edge of the Jordan. The river stops. They walk across. It is a miracle. But years from now, people aren't going to see that miracle. So what they did is they took 12, 12 stones from the middle of the river and they set them up on the bank. And they had, oops, and they had this this whole pile, this whole pile of rocks on the bank of the Jordan River. And what was the purpose? Set up those stones. He, he said to the Israelites, in the, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So there were a pile of rocks like the kids could see. They could feel the rocks. And they're like, Mom, Dad, what are these rocks for? Let me tell you, let me tell you. This was to encourage their faith in Almighty God. First uh, Samuel 16. First uh, Samuel 6, the Ark of the Covenant fell into the hands of the Philistines. Long story. Miraculously, the Ark of the Covenant comes back to Israel, and there was a large rock there where the Ark of the Covenant came back. And in 1 Samuel 6, the large rock in which the Israelites set the Ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. So very physical in the Old Testament. I mean, God worked physically, 
But then when he didn't, the people of Israel were to celebrate the Passover and were to look at rocks and go, oh, I remember. Now the New Testament comes, and obviously this is the greatest sign of, of, of it all. The glory of God comes in human flesh, Jesus Christ. And people could see Jesus. They could hear him. They could touch him. He was human. They saw Jesus die on the cross. And yes, people saw, they witnessed a living Jesus after he died. One of the most important things in the early church was to have witnesses to the resurrection. They said, yes, this person, this man, this man, this woman, this woman, all of them, they saw Jesus. Very physical. And then when we gather, like you gather in this place to celebrate the Lord's Supper, it is a remembering of Jesus and it's very physical. It is the bread and the juice. Very physical. Now, in addition to the Lord's Supper, what about us today? God continues to help us in our weakness with the very physical. And he does that with people, with ambassadors for Christ. We are going to look this morning at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, I will read uh, verses 16 to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hear the word of the Lord. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord. This is the text that I like us to think more deeply about this morning and uh, the key verse here and uh, it's it should be on the on the screen uh, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God who are the ambassadors well Paul and his fellow workers came to Corinth And they had a message to share with them. And it was a message that they presented their bodies, them there physically. They presented this message to represent, to represent God. 
And as we read this passage, we see that Paul and his fellow workers, they were reconciled to God through Jesus. And because they were, they were given the ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry is communicated, in a sense, as an ambassador for Christ. So I want to make this point clear, that if you have been reconciled to God through Jesus, you too have been given this ministry of reconciliation. And so that means you too are ambassadors for Christ. This is not simply reserved for church leaders or certain more spiritual, powerful Christians. It is for all who have been reconciled. We receive this ministry. We are therefore ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. How do we no longer live for ourselves? We live for Jesus. And how do we live for Jesus? One of the important ways that we live for Jesus is to be an ambassador for Christ. Now this term ambassador, what does this mean? Now Paul was obviously using a political term, not political in terms of, you know, Democrats and Republicans and uh, all of those issues. No, political in terms of a governmental term. So governments would send, obviously, an ambassador to another country. This was true back then. This is true today. We know that in order to represent a country well, it's not good enough to send a letter. You need a person on the ground, in location, in that country, that is establishing relationships and can represent the country well. And the purpose, ultimately, is so that there is peace and goodwill between the countries. Interestingly, the school at which I work has an ambassador to China. Now, we're not meeting with the government of China, but we have an ambassador. And uh, this is a teacher that has been now to China twice. We have international students, and we began a program years ago. We got some international students, and uh, this is primarily through um, another organization, through email, and through Skype. And then somebody came along and said, if you really want to expand your international program, you need a person from your school to represent your school in China to form relationships, a connection, so that they can see, ah, this is a person my child will know when they go to the school, an ambassador. Now, of course, the Bible does not leave this idea in the realm of just government or education. It makes the call as an ambassador for Christ. What is an ambassador for Christ? I would like to think about this in terms of the heart of the ambassador, the message of the ambassador, and the life of the ambassador. So we begin with the heart of the ambassador. It is a person who is changed by God. This is good. It takes some of the pressure off. When we have a big responsibility, we often will course, rely on our own strength, 
our own cleverness and ingenuity. We need to work hard, and it's true, we need to work hard. But sometimes you might think, how, how, how can I really be an ambassador? I'm not that good. Guess what? You don't need to be that good. What does the Bible say? We read it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we trust in God, and God makes a difference in our lives. We are transformed, we are changed, we are a new creation. And we must look to God to do that good work in our lives. And trust in God that He will, in fact, do the work of a new creation. We should never, ever, ever say, I am not good enough. Really, I'm not worth something for God's kingdom. I'm just struggling along on my own. No, God has made us a new creation. He has done the work changing our heart. We need to believe that, that God is working within us. This ambassadorship is not just kick you out the door and good luck, you're on your own. No, God has changed our heart. So the heart of the ambassador involves a person who has changed. Also involves a person who understands it's an urgent message. It is of utmost importance. The message doesn't always feel the best, isn't always accepted the best, received the best. Also, It's not meant to be a burden or a duty upon the ambassador. You had better do this or else. I've got to do, I've got to be a witness. No, this isn't what it's to be. It is this beautiful message that is of utmost importance. When I was working on this message and I got to this point, And I looked at this scripture passage, 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I thought to myself, I understand this message intellectually. I can articulate this message. But how much does it burn within my heart? How much do I really get it that this message of God's grace is the most important message there is in this world? And the next thing I thought of is, I need to pray a prayer of confession. And uh, actually, I'd like to do that right now. The sermon's not over. Some of you might be going, oh, good. No, but... How about you? Do you embrace this message of reconciliation as of utmost importance? And how often do you live your life knowing it, but you push it to the side? You look to it when it's convenient for you. I will tell you, you do it too often. And so do I. And and, and so we need to pray.
Let's pray. Mighty God, we thank you for the blessing of being reconciled to you in Jesus Christ. And dear Lord, please forgive us when we, when we treat this message as just something that is off to the side in our life. But we do not give it much attention. Oh, God, have mercy. And please help each one of us to understand the beauty of this message, the importance of this message, and the urgency of this message. Oh, God, please continue to do this good work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The heart of the ambassador is a person who has changed a new creation, a person who understands this is an urgent message. And also, the heart of the ambassador is, is, a, is a person that understands the presentation of this is, is, is simple, uh, it is humble, and yet there is confidence. You know, there are people who, uh, you know, they might think, all right, everybody, let me tell you about this message. Just sit down, and I'm talking to you now. You are messed up. Now, this is, this is an obnoxious message. Now, some people can just be overbearing. Just be quiet. Some people might be just kind of a, a slick operator. They got some power persuasion that can make you cry and, and like, okay, okay. Well, the presentation of this message comes from a heart that is humble and a heart that earnestly wants to speak the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love, both the truth and love in humility. This is the heart of the ambassador. And it is a person who will go through life saying, you know, the, the cross represents me. And I'm not going to give excuses for it. I'm not going to shy away from it. This is the foundation of my identity and who I am. It's in Jesus Christ. And you may not be walking around life with a shield. But the point is, you go through life and the crest of a shield is to represent family. You know, back in the Middle Ages, here's my crest, my shield. This represents who I am. So you go through life as an ambassador, and your heart is to say, I want to be confident and humble in this message that is life to me, and I so much want it to be life to you as well. So the, the, the heart of the ambassador uh, now the message of the ambassador, and I've been talking about the message all through the sermon thus far. Uh, the message of the ambassador, uh, it's a message of relationship. And when you think about ambassador, you can think about governments and treaties. And in fact, the message of the ambas ambassador biblically is kind of like a peace treaty. 
This whole passage is talking about reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It is the restoring of relationship. There is a relationship that is torn apart. It is not at peace. It is at odds. And in the case of the biblical story, in the case of the grand story of humanity, it is a holy God that is at odds with unholy people. And yet at the same time, this holy God loves the people. There needs to be a reconciliation of relationships, a restoring of relationships. And how is the relationship restored? It is through the work of Jesus Christ. Now, in this passage that I read, the last verse, verse 21, is... uh, regarded as one of the great verses of what Jesus Christ did on the cross uh, that is very comprehensive in only one verse, like one sentence. Paul packed a lot in here. Obviously, more can be said. But as far as one verse goes, this verse is deep and full about the message of reconciliation. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake, he, God the Father, for for us, because of his love, for our sake, God the Father, made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin, who knew no sin. Jesus Christ is holy. The passage is not saying that Jesus Christ then committed sin. It says, he who knew no sin, He made him to be sin. Jesus received the punishment for our sin, the guilt of our sin, the condemnation of our sin was upon the one who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And there is a righteous God. And when we become the righteousness of God, we are reconciled. The relationship is restored because Jesus is, took our sin upon himself. This is the message. The message, we have right relationship with God, reconciliation in Jesus Christ because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. That is the message that we are to share as ambassadors. So the heart of the ambassador, the message of the ambassador, and now the life of the ambassador. In our weakness, God helps us. Even right now, I'm a real person right here. And and I stand here and say, in a sin-scarred world, I proclaim, God is faithful God is faithful. I am not saying that life is going to be perfect. It is not. But I will say this. God is faithful. And, you know, there are lots of other ambassadors in this world. There's a lot of other people that are walking around. And this week, I picked on you earlier. This week, come on. Life is about you. All about. This is a message. Do whatever you want. Sometimes obey your parents. This is a message. 
Do you understand this is just an illustration in the sermon? Not true. Okay. But there are real people in life, like at school, where you're at, people right there in front of you that are real and explaining a message to you. And it's very easy for us to listen to that because there they are. Oh. But here we are today, ultimately listening, listening to God's Word and what it says. And you know, when I hear the other messages of the world, quite frankly, on the surface, sometimes they can seem appealing. This is why people gravitate towards them. I mean, one of the messages, that, you know, relying on yourself, on the surface it seems appealing because it, apl- it, it, it uh, appeals to human pride. Oh, I, I can do what I want. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. And the message here, I'll just say, has to do with surrender, humility. But when I look at those other messages in the world, even if they have a, a, a sheen and a little bling and glitter on the outside, when I investigate those messages, they don't seem appealing. They don't seem to, to lead to a, a truly free and flourishing and hopeful life. But this message that is proclaimed This is the message we should embrace. Now today, myself, being an ambassador, I I need to say, with, with this kind of message, obviously, I need to say that I know that there are people in this room that have have not received that reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here because you're forced or because it feels good, or because it's socially acceptable, or it's nice. I like the music. He's kind of a funny guy, but, you know, I'll get, get by the parts I don't like. I would say to you, today is the day of salvation. As an ambassador for Christ, I want to proclaim this message Not as a manipulation or forcing, it's an invitation that God speaks into your life and says, of all the messages you hear, the most important is to be at peace with the one who created it all. And how are you at peace? It is through the person and work of Jesus. Repent of your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be rescued from your sin from yourself, you will be saved. Now, there are some of you here today. Oh, let me say, for those of you who heard that message, it is of utter importance that after this service, you talk to someone. It was mentioned there's elders for prayer uh, or, or someone else to say, I want to be reconciled with God. You, you talk to someone else about this. Now, there's some of you here today that are reconciled with God, but you feel very weak as an ambassador for Christ. You get the message, but uh, you're just struggling in life, and and you're weak. And to you, I would would say, I I would suggest, encourage you, do not, do not be satisfied with the state you are in. 
and never settle for average. What God is calling you to do, of course, is seek Him more in prayer and His Word and attend church, but God is also calling you to find another ambassador for Christ, another person, and say, can we gather for prayer? Please pray for me. I need God's strength in my life so I can be a stronger ambassador for Christ. And then last is the life of the ambassador of Christ. I would like you to think about your week ahead and all the things that are before you. All of us in this room have different people that we meet and we live in different contexts. And so how you are an ambassador for Christ will depend upon what context you are in and what people you are with. So how is God calling you to be an ambassador in each of the different areas of your life? I think a a little while back I shared with you that years ago I worked at a a bread factory and I met all these uh, different types of people. And uh, I thought when I was at the bread factory, um, I sought to be an ambassador for Christ and I I was different for different people. So for instance, there was one guy who was extremely moody. And one day, he would talk to me and be nice. And like, I had to work like next to him. Okay, one day, talk to me, be nice. The other day, he wouldn't just be cranky. He would be in a foul mood and be unkind. Like, do things, say things that were just not nice. And so to be an ambassador for Christ... To this guy, simply, I had to be kind to him. Even when I didn't feel like it and I knew he didn't deserve it, I thought, this man needs a kindness that is not based on whether he deserves it or not. And so that how, that's how I was an ambassador for Christ. Same thing at school. When I have a student that, you know, I'm kind to the student. You know, I smile, engage them in conversation. I'll even go out of my way to engage them in conversation. Well, there's another guy uh, that I worked with. Uh, He joined after me, uh, the company, and he was extremely socially awkward. Just really couldn't carry on a conversation. And how this played out was everybody ignored him. I mean, they weren't unkind to him, but they just completely ignored him. So how was I an ambassador for Christ? I didn't, I didn't ignore him. I learned his name, asked him some questions. I was friendly every day in an effort to show him, you know what? You're valuable. You're worth something. And then the last guy I want to uh, share about was... Uh, a guy that uh, we're working together, and he began to open up to me. And I could not believe the trials and the pain that were going on in his life. And uh, we, we became friends, and then in that context, he shared with me about his life. And with this opening up, and there was this connection with us as an ambassador for Christ, I listened to him. I loved him, and I shared with him 
about Jesus. Speaking the forgiveness, the love, and the hope that Jesus offers as he repents of his sin and believes in Jesus. And in that context, that is what I did. And he embraced the Lord Jesus Christ. So my friends, in the week ahead, may the people that you work with and that you meet with, may the people that you walk with and that you talk with, may the people that you laugh with and that you cry with, may the people that you learn with and live with, may they see Jesus in you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Sovereign and gracious God, we are thankful that you have restored our relationship with you through an amazing act of love and grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, O God, that you would continue to do a new work in our hearts, continue making us into that new creation, giving us the strength that we need so that we can stand in this world with humility, with confidence, and with faith to be an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, we need you. We need you to work in our lives so that we might shine the light of Jesus to a desperate world. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.